This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, digitizing GP records in Scotland. We decided it was necessary to consider a change to the current process. We intercepted and scanned the records and digitized them in the same format that Dotman would accept. So nothing is destroyed unless the GP is the data owners confirm that they are happy to destroy the record. Hello and welcome to another podcast from the Scottish National Users Group for GPIT. I'm Andrew McElhinney and I'm a GP and member of SNUG. Thank you for listening. I hope you do find our topics of interest. You can subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify podcasts. Now, we're currently two-thirds of the way through a bit of a trilogy dealing with the care of patients with long-term conditions, having recently had episodes looking at the house of care approach and also MedLink for online data collection for patients with long-term conditions. And we do have another final episode in this little series to come next time, and I'll tell you more about that later on. Today, we're thinking about the digitisation of old GP patient records. Now, during the time that I've been a GP... And that actually spans three decades now, which is a scary thought. We've moved from a world when records and GP practices, going back many years, including handwritten notes held in Lloyd George envelopes and old hospital letters and results, they're all kept in files and filled up large shelved areas or carousels within the back office. I well remember if you wanted to get a patient's records, having to physically go into the office and go through alphabetically filed rows of records to pull a file and guess what? Sometimes the file wasn't there. Or if it was, you might have spent ages trawling through it to find a letter or a bit of old GP notes that might have been quite hard to read. Every time a special request or prescription was made, the case notes would be pulled out. Every surgery presented you with a mass of case notes, the thickness of which would give you a good idea how complicated the cases were going to be. It all seems like a different world now. As we have moved to computerised records, with all the ease of access, legibility and automation that that provides. But we have certainly not got rid of all the paper, or especially all the historical case notes from 20 years or more ago, before the time when electronic GP systems and document management systems started to be widely used in the early 2000s. In the last 10 years or so, many practices have backscanned all the old patient records, really to save space, but also to try and move further towards an integrated digital record where information can be found much more easily when needed. And scanning can obviously be done entirely within a practice, but it's a fairly massive task. And many health boards have carried out backscanning of patient records for their practices. Today, we're speaking with Annie McDonald, who's the Business Change Manager for Practitioner Services Division. And we had a conversation about how many practices in Scotland are currently backscanned and how PSD is trying to help, and how this project aims to keep all new records coming into these practices in a digitised format to avoid transfer of paper records into paper-like practices. Annie, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. How are you, and where are you speaking to us from? I'm very well today, thank you. I'm speaking to you from Glasgow, or just outside Glasgow, I'm in Bishopbriggs. It's a rather wet morning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's looking less summery than it was last week or two, definitely. 
Um, and in case anyone isn't familiar with practitioner services division, what, what they do and why they're so vital, could, could you quickly maybe outline that for us? Yeah, so the main aim of practitioner services division is that they provide better care through services to support practitioners who deliver primary and community care across Scotland. So that would be your GPs, your dentists, your opticians and community pharmacies. So I think mainly the area that I'm involved in is medical and that's more to do with the GPs. So I would say that the service for the GPs is, is, is quite vital to them because this is where they will go for um, all their claims and their mandates and PSD ensure that all their payments are made accurately on time. Your patient registration services all comes from practitioner services. So that provides all those services to the GP practices and the health boards and it ensures that the CHI, the Community Health Index number, is all up to date. As well as that, in respect of GPs, that that's where all the pension forms are and information on how to complete those forms. It's got all the COVID updates on service provision and all the guidance for claiming for the GPs there. And as well as that, it's got guidance for healthcare for veterans. And apart from all that, they do the good practice newsletter that gives all the information and all the updates, all the pension updates and basically what's happening in primary care. Yeah, so lots of really, lots of really vital stuff that, that that takes away in the background and keeps us all functioning that uh, we, yes. we really can take for granted, but actually is is completely essential. Um, and you're you're the business change manager. So so what does that involve? So my role sort of involves design and develop and implement and manage change. So it just enables me to basically I'll go in and investigate and have a wee look around and where we think that areas could be improved. So as part of this role, mainly my role is involved in stakeholder and management engagement and communications and training. Currently, my role at the, main, the moment is looking to develop new systems to align with the new NHS digital strategy. And basically, that is where I'm looking at paper processes and for the removal of paper and replacing with a digitised version. I think it's better for the environment all round if we're not using so much paper and then if the systems are digitised, they're easier to access for a lot more people rather than just one or two individuals working with paper. Mainly the digitised processes that are coming in, they are, they are quicker and they're easy to access and they are going to be a bit more front facing so that obviously people out with PSD can obviously sign in and find out information and things like that as well. So you've plenty to keep you busy. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Not yeah. enough hours in the day, I would say. Yeah. Well, I really wanted to talk a bit more about the, the record scanning project. I guess it's something that's probably been happening to some extent within parts of Scotland. In Forth Valley, we've had this happening with a local company probably for 10 years anyway. And I think it's pretty similar to what your your project is describing so would you would you be able to just again outline what the the record scanning project is all about so the record scanning project is what they had looked at is where the the health boards and pra gp practices and the health boards were becoming paper light so basically they were getting all their back scanning done and what we were looking at then was it was difficult for the GP practices to maintain their paper light because 
while they were back scanning, we were still sending them paper records. So therefore we were, they were taking it away in one hand and we were sort of replacing it with, with more paper in the other. Mm-hmm. So, so basically just we were trying to ensure a system that would make the benefits to the GP last longer, it wouldn't be short lived and just um, to build this up at the practices. So what we did was to prevent the accumulation of paper, we decided it was necessary to consider a change to the current process so that the paper records could be intercepted at the practitioner services offices and then we would digitise them at the point of transfer and then they would pop into their original. We kept the systems the same so we intercepted and scanned the records and digitised them in the same format that Dotman would accept so the records would be scanned and then they would be sent to Dotman and the practices can import them the way that they would do their other records. Yeah and just to to sort of get a sense of I don't know if, if you have an overview of what boards have done up till now throughout Scotland is everyone doing a different thing or are, are people pretty much on the same page with this? Yeah so initially when I started there was quite a few health boards like Forth Valley, Glasgow and Lanarkshire they they were all in a back scanning process so um, and then I think it's Ayrshire and Arne had done a scan and demand process as well so there the, are the, the varying differences of the way that the records had been scanned out in the boards but I think for our point of view as long as we could get something that was in the same format that the Gwinty Dotman that was the main importance to us. What we have just now is so I've got 652 practices live with the process out of I think there's 923 practices so they're classed as eligible practices where they've done their back scanning and any practice that's done their back scanning is eligible. And if there's anyone listening that have done their back scan and they're not on the process, if they were just to contact me, I would be able to get them on that process. Now, the other practices that haven't been back scanned, we are looking at a way this year we've submitted a funding request to see if we can get funding to intercept their records as well. We won't do their back scanning, but what it will do is reduce the amount of papers going into those practices that haven't done their back scanning at the moment. I think since they started back, um, I think it was both Valley and Fife had done the pilot and then we moved on to Glasgow and Lanarkshire. So, as I say, we're two thirds of the way through of getting everyone on board and obviously it is the aim to get all the practices on board with the record scanning process. Do you work at a sort of practice level or a board level in terms of signing people up? Initially, we were working at board level where we would be contacting the boards to see if they could communicate with their practices to see if they had any eligible practices. Now, what we found is that the, the projects moved on. If any practices that weren't back scanned when we initially started, if they are now back scanned, if they contact us, so we work with the GP practice itself to get them on the process to get their records intercepted. I see, yeah. And thinking back to the way we've done it locally, um, I think it's maybe similar to what you're describing in terms of scanning old GP notes and hospital letters into one searchable PDF file. Yes. Which 
then makes you wish all the other documents in Docman were searchable as well. Uh, but of course, the TIFF format isn't. Uh, but but it's so good, for example, if you know that, say, somebody tells you they had a hip operation when they were very young and you can just search for hip yep. instead of having to go through the whole file. Um, but, but that's the way you're going to approach it, isn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. So all of them, every record is done in one single PDF format. Now, some, some records might have a lot of pages in that, so obviously that was why we felt that it was essential to have a search facility on it so that you could pick out certain things. Obviously, um, I believe in the GP practices, they, they summarise a lot of the notes, so there's certain areas that they need to be able to find quite quickly that they don't want to be spending hours trawling through 300 pages to get to the one page that they're looking for. Yeah, and certainly... From my point of view, trying to find what's in old GP records in a consultation can be quite tricky because yes. the information can be held in so many different bits, you know, different places. And certainly GP to GP, for example, has been a great help in, in unlocking some of that because the consultation, yes. the consultation notes appear in the clinical system. Whereas bef- uh-huh. before, you know, you might have had to hunt through a variety of documents in DocMan. You know, and that, that's very variable. It can be called different things like data protection summary, GPAS summary, you know, whatever, EMIS, vision. Yes. Um, so, so it strikes me that there's probably quite a lot of uncertainty about where to find information in DocMan. Do you get involved in trying to educate people or, or is that down to the facilitators, you know, about how to find information? Yes, that's I would, that's down to the facilitators. I have had meetings with GP practices where they're not quite sure of the system. And, and in that respect, I would contact the facilitator for them to say, look, this practice, they're not quite sure of where to find things. The instance where I was speaking to the GP practices, they, they kept saying, we don't have we don't have these electronic records. But they did have the electronic records just because of the date thing they had fallen down. So they just had to go further down their imports to find where it was. But yeah, the GP facilitators are really good at providing training and advising GP practices and and how to work the system. I think maybe there's a bit of uncertainty around Dockman in the sense that in a lot of GP practices, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but there seems to be like super users or designated people that work DocMan, and maybe not all the GPs or all of the practice staff are maybe familiar with the system. So maybe if they're on leave and someone else is doing it, then just maybe not quite as alert to knowing exactly where to go to find the information that they're looking for. So I would say that's maybe where the uncertainty lies and just the users and how much information other users know. I mean, obviously, GP practices, but small ones or, or large ones, and it depends where the staff is needed as to, to what areas that they excel or have got expertise in. I think with a lot of processes and practices, there's one or two expert staff who usually do things like registrations or the GP to GP process or, or even workflowing in DocMan. And like you say, if they're not there, there should be somebody who, who, who can fill in for them, who, who knows it. But it's very unlikely that everybody in the practice is going to know everything. You know, they just won't, yes, won't know everything. Absolutely. And, and particularly for the users of the system, sometimes you can have locums coming in or, or new trainees. And, and yeah. it's a constant process trying to 
I suppose, educate and train people. But no, it's, 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 it's going to be an ongoing uh, process forever, really, because paper-like records get ever more complex, it seems. Absolutely. Um, I would say another good port of call is the partners coordinators. They're really good on DocMan and providing information in DocMan and, and where to find things like for your new registrations and your additions and your deductions to the, uh, the practice. Um, so your partners coordinators, uh, they're a really good port of call as well. That's great. Well, I'll try and link to useful sources of help uh, with with the podcast as well. Um, now, you've got a, an educational one-pager uh, document about this process, which is really useful. And you mention a quality assurance test. And I was just yes. wondering uh, if you could say what you're expecting from practices in connection with that. So quality assurance, Capture All is a scanning company that we, we use. So they do 20% quality assurance of their of all the work that they do and then it's myself uh, in my role I'll do one percent quality assurance of all the practices that have been scanned over Scotland and so what that means is I will choose certain records and pull them and ask that they be sent to the GP practices um, for just for them to check the paper record against the um, digital record but basically the information that we tend to give the practices is after important if they can access the patient record and review it straight away and if there's any concerns at that point if they can raise them as soon as they can then after about two weeks afterwards if they're going to receive a paper record they will and that will come in with a form on the front um, telling them what it's for. It's from PSD. Can they check with the digitised copy and confirm if they're happy with the quality? Um, if they sign the form back and then they just send the notes back to PSD. They should only receive maybe on average about four records a year, paper records a year for quality assurance. So I think that's what we're looking for. So I think the main thing is if they can, after import, if they can access the records, review it, and just make sure that everything's complete and, and that they're happy with the record. And then when they get the paper record, if they can just do like a sense check with that. Because I think the sooner we get notification if there's something wrong, the sooner that we can fix it for them. One of the areas in this that we have picked up on is sometimes there are misfiles in the electronic record. So it's always good to know that sooner rather than later because then we have to request the paper records back from Capture All and generally go back to the previous practice for to ensure what's to come out of the notes. And if it's a lot of information, it will actually be sent back to that GP practice. What I can say is in Scotland, they seem really good. We do have misfiles, but not so many. But we do find records from south of the border are a bit more trying. <laughs> That's very diplomatically put. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to raise that point then about records from other areas apart from Scotland. What kind of things do you see coming in and how do you handle those? So what happens... It's mainly south of the border, obviously, um, England, Wales and Northern Ireland. And the records come in because they are not done digitally. The previous practice in England, who might have been using a scanning company that scanned their records different. Um, so they'll print them off from their end and then they'll send them to PSD 
and then we'll send them to our scanning company. One of the things is due to IG processes, the staff aren't allowed to go through the, the notes. So basically the way the notes are scanned are the way that they are received from that practice. So a lot of the times we're not picking up if there are misfiles or things like that in these notes um, until they actually hit Docman. The other thing with English records is they, they're quite regularly, they maybe put four pages on one A4 page, whereas in Scotland we do all A4 sheets um, and sometimes that can make them a bit more difficult to read. We are, we have been investigating this and uh, my senior management team are, are, are raising it with the government and work through various groups as well to, to highlight the problems that we do tend to have sometimes with records from south of the border. Yeah, and there's always going to be some unexpected situations. I mean, I know sometimes I've had patients pitch up with random CDs with stuff on it, maybe from across, you know, from America or, you know, some other country. Yes. And, and I just wonder, you know, with different media for storage and things like clouds increasingly being used, how does PSD cope with this kind of information in, that appears in a different format? That is done in one of the, like the area, well, there's one of three area offices. I don't work in that area myself, but I think I'm certain what they do is if they do get a CD, obviously it depends on the format and whether they're able to open that CD. I, th I know that they have designated computers that have get, that will open different formats, but not all. And if they do manage to open them, then if they're part of the record scanning process, they'll open them and print them and put them in the file to send for record scanning. If, if they can't open them, I think they tend to go back to the previous GP to say that they can't open this disc and then they'll take it further from there. The only thing I can say is if um, any GP practices were to receive these discs, they're, they're probably best not to try and open them and to send them back to PSD just with a, an explanation of where they've came from. Yeah, no, that's that's useful. Okay, just a, a couple of other things just before we finish. Um, you've said, obviously, that the overall purpose is to, to get rid of paper. And I just wondered, yes. wh when do you take the plunge and actually destroy the paper? So... We've been working on a new destruction process for the record scanning and that was to do with um, going back, backtracking a bit. So in our DPIA, the records should only be um, stored for 90 days, but we've had a lot of difficulty in the beginning with getting responses to our emails. We were doing it in a manual process where we would take the lists and then we would ask the GP practices our in that case, at that particular time, the facilitators to contact the GP practices to say that these records were due for destruction and can they confirm that they're happy with the quality, that they've been backed up and they're verified so that we can ensure that there's always going to be an electronic copy moving forward. To date, none of the records have been destroyed and that is because we've been working on a new destruction process which is going to be an automated process. So we have that, that should be coming into play this month sometime. And one of the big changes that we made to that is now that we will be going to the GP practices directly rather than going through the facilitators because there's a lot of records are scanned in a week. We could have up to 2000 records um, scanned in a week. So we'll be going directly to the GP practices of where those patients are and then they have to fill in 
a form and it's basically a yes no form do you agree um to these records being destroyed and confirm that you have an electronic copy which has been backed up and verified and we know that if that even if the patient was to move for that practice there would be the electronic record that can go with the patient and therefore move around with the patient so nothing is um destroyed unless the gp is the data owners confirm that they are happy to destroy the record no i think all of this is really useful detail for practices to have and uh, to to be able to ask questions um so just to, to to finish off then essentially if a practice is listening to this and is back scanned but isn't part of the process they, they can contact yourselves is that right yes so they can either contact myself and i'm at annie.mcdonald2 at nhs.scot or if they contact the local area registration office uh, and their things will be taken forward they'll either send to myself and we'll arrange for them to get onto the intercepting records process. Brilliant. Okay, well, listen, thank you so much for speaking to us today. That's been really uh, interesting. Okay. I've, I've probably kept you longer than <laughs> you expected, but uh, do appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on. And so the ongoing process of computerizing patient records and improving our access to medical information continues. I've put Annie's contact details and links so you can see more about PSD in the podcast notes. Now, I was getting a bit nostalgic for the older times in general practice after thinking about the old days of paper records. And if you would like a lovely bit of escapism back to a time well before doctors had computers, or probably even much in the way of paper records, I found an old video from 1943 called The Highland Doctor. Well, what's the case? She's a crofter's wife about seven miles from here. My first diagnosis was an ovarian cyst, but I didn't like the look of it. And my next thought was that the sooner I called in a specialist, the better. Has strangulation set in? That's just what I'm afraid of. It's brilliant stuff. Only about 20 minutes long. And you can find out what happened to the lady with the suspected ovarian cyst. Uh, I'm sure it'll make you think about how much general practice has developed and would be of particular interest to anyone who's currently working in the Highlands and Islands. Now, the Snug Members Day is happening very soon, on Wednesday the 25th of May, and you can get details and register via the Snug website. And this also has great content for Snug members, including videos from previous conferences, lots of talks, and also recent regional meetings and updates. I also wanted to let you know about plans for the next podcast when I'm planning to speak with Dr. Jamie Hartman-Boyce from the Centre of Evidence-Based Medicine in the University of Oxford about some research she has done on how the care for patients with conditions like diabetes might have worsened during the COVID pandemic. And we will also think a little bit about how we might start to address this. And I'm really looking forward to that. And as I said at the start, it'll be the third in our trilogy on different aspects of long-term condition management and how technology can help us improve this. That's it. I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.